Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, Ozark guitarist, singer, and master of the three-finger banjo, Adam Fudge, performs live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. Down in the vault, Mark Jones will offer an archival recording of harmonica player and Ozark original Lou Alderman playing the traditional tune Danny Boy. And author, folklorist, and songwriter Charlie Sandage will present a portrait of Arkansan and country music superstar Patsy Montana through the lens of archivist Bill McNeil. All that this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Born and raised in the rich musical culture of the Arkansas Ozarks, Adam Fudge has pursued the legacy of his native mountain music with tenacity and a deep love for the traditional. Adam is a fine singer and guitarist playing traditional country and bluegrass, but his true love is the three-finger style of banjo popularized by bluegrass legend Earl Scruggs. Let's go down to the stage for some of his fine music. Well, I mean, it's uh, kind of where the Delta meets uh, Foothills. It's kind of a transitional area. Actually, you can you can look to the east and see the flatlands. You can look to the north and west and see where the mountains start, actually, the boot boot hills and such. But uh, I don't know. Back years ago, there was quite a bit of cross-cultural musical influences there. You know, uh, rockabilly and such, rock and roll. Blues, if you're more down like in the Jackson County area, you know, down in the more Delta. Of course, classic country and bluegrass, folk music, you know. But uh, there, there's a wide variety of genres of music in the, in the area.
Tennessee. I thought I'd yearn to travel, but then I met a pretty little girl, and soon we played the devil. I loved that gal, and she loved me. We thought we lived together until we tied that fatal knot, and now I'm gone forever. Give me back my 15 cents, give me back my money. Give me back my 15 cents, and I'll go home to Mammy. Man and a daughter for the paper. Then dear old mother-in-law moved in, and law it was a caper. I fiddled a tune for her one day. She called me a joker. Then that old sow got mad and up and hit me with a poker. Give me back my 15 cents. Give me back my money. Give me back my 15 cents, and I'll go home to Mammy. Somebody ought to shoot them. I'm tired of looking at the mother-in-law. I'd like to see my granny. I'll leave the state of Arkansas and go back home to Mammy. Give me back my 15 cents. Give me back my money. Give me back my 15 cents and I'll go home to Mammy. Give me back my 15 cents. Give me back my money. Give me back my 15 cents and I'll go home to Mammy. Well, I mean, it was always around. My mother has always had a uh, propensity toward musicianship. I mean, she played piano and played auto harp and dulcimer and many other instruments. And she just um, had a regular library of music with LPs and stuff around the house. We listened to all kinds of music. You know, my, my brother and I, as we was growing up, you know, we, we listened to Dixieland, uh, country uh, swing, folk, bluegrass, you know, a, a wide variety of music. We weren't just a limited to one, one thing, but there were, there were several different musical influences there. But...
I got interested in folk music and bluegrass music at an early age. Um, I started playing stringed instruments when I was 12. Before then, I'd played piano some, but I lost interest in it pretty quick and, and dabbled with the harmonica a little bit, you know, when I was a kid. But I, I started taking it more serious at about 12 years of age. I took uh, some banjo instruction from a fellow by the name of Jim Buchanan in Batesville. After about nine months of that, I, he kind of put me out on my own, you know. Yeah, that's when I started seeking out other players and uh, just picking their brains and trying to trying to learn it best I could. But that's that all took place along about 1977. That's when I got started. I was roughly 12 years of age. Yeah. I'm a pistol packing papa, and when I walk down the street. You can hear those mama shouting, don't turn your gun on me. Now girls, I'm just a good guy, and I'm going to have my fun. And if you don't want to smell my smoke, don't monkey with my gun. Yodel lady, on yodel lady, on yodel lady. Like a hobo when he's hungry, like a drunk man when he's full. I'm a pistol back in Papa. I know how to shoot the bull. They hold up men all know me, and they surely me be. I'm a pistol back in Papa, and I ramble where I please. Yo, the lady, oh, yo, the lady.
Just follow me and you will hear the barking of my gun. The old lady, oh, the old lady, the old lady. And we had some neighbors. This, I mean, they lived close enough to my folks. If I had a flat rock, I could hit their house from my mother and dad's house. And that, that would have been Faye and Leonard Green. And I think they were the biggest musical influence on me. I, I learned a lot. Uh, they weren't educated in music, but they, they had a head full of knowledge. And uh, I, it, it, there was always music going on at their place. Uh, they, Faye was an old-time fiddle player. Leonard played, uh, he had no Gibson J45. He was quite a rhythm player. But they had a deep love for music. It, it wasn't uncommon for those people to get up at 3 a.m. and play music until the sunrise, and then Leonard would head to work. I mean, they, they loved it that much. But that was, I took it for granted, I guess, when I was a kid, but I, I really miss those days. They, they were a big influence on me. Yonder comes that train rolling down the track. Taking my baby ain't gonna bring her back. She's gone, solid gone. She took my sad son, took away my shoes. Let me hear where these doggone lonesome blues. She's gone, solid gone. I'm down here crying cause she gone. Wish time were dead cause she gone, gone, gone. I'm going up north, I'm going up north this fall If my luck don't change, I won't be back at all be gone, solid gone. I'm down here crying cause she gone. Wish I were dead cause she gone, 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 solid gone. I'm down here crying cause she gone. Wish I were dead cause she gone, 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 solid gone. We used to play dances all the time. I played when I was younger I played a lot of dances with Faye and Leonard and I had to learn the fiddle tunes and we'd 
we played square dance since sometimes the last 15, 20 minutes, so that was a that was quite a time of development as far as the, the right hand and left hand and the coordination between the two. Faye was no spring chicken even then, so I mean she needed help with it, and I, I, I told her I said I don't really know how to play these fiddle tunes. She, Leonard would always preach at me. He said if you'd learn the scales, you'd learn how to play them. You know, he said you've got to learn, you've got to try to play stuff that you don't know how to play to get better and advance in it. He he was pretty hard nosed about it, but the ultimate compliment from him was when he said, "There you go." He wasn't gonna you know shower a lot of praise on you. He'd just say, "There you go. You knew you'd done something right." On the other hand, whenever you messed up, I don't guess you're ever going to get this. That was, he was pretty hard-nosed about it, but they were just like an upset of grandparents to me. Arkansas original Adam Fudge. We heard Adam play Cumberland Gap, Give Me Back My 15 Cents, Lime Rock, Pistol Packin' Papa, and Cannonball Blues, ending up with Goodbye Liza Jane. After a short break, I think I'll head down to the vault for a visit with my buddy Mark Jones. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Hey, it's time to head down to the vault and visit with my old buddy, Mark Jones. Mark's a banjo player and a sound engineer and a man of many talents. But right now, he's down in the basement, the vault underneath the folk center where we keep all of our recordings. Let's, let's go down and see what Mark's up to this week. 
Hey, Mark. Hi, Dave. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good. You're looking good yourself. Well, good. You must not have been looking at much. <laughs> Do you remember a friend of ours uh, named Lou Alderman? I do remember Lou. Lou, uh, Lou, I think, started here as the first potter in the craft village in 1973 when this place opened up. He was a really fine potter and a hard-working fellow. Yes, he was, and a fine man. Yes, he was. So talented. And, you know, when I first came here, I lived in town with Kenny Sims. Mm -hmm. And the place where I was living, we could hear Lou playing bagpipes up here at the folk center. We weren't but about four or five blocks down in the town, and you could hear Lou every morning. It'd be so neat, sun rising, and here's a set of bagpipes off in the distance. I remember that, too. He used to, every morning, before the place opened up, he'd get his pipes out and play a few tunes. That was really neat. It was. And were you up here? Yeah, I had a shop here. They had a leather shop here in 1977. Right. Well, it was a lot of fun, and I run across this recording of Lou on stage playing Danny Boy, but he's not playing his bagpipe. He's not? No. What's he playing? A harmonica. I didn't even know he played the harp. Yeah, he enjoyed music well, of all kinds. Learn something every day. Let's listen to a recording of that. Okay. Oh, that's pretty sweet playing now. Takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of nerve really to get up in front of an audience and just play one instrument by yourself with no backup, huh? That's, that's working right. without a net. That's what I call it. That's right. And the thing with a harmonica is, if you ain't careful, you'll be blowing three or four notes <laughs> instead of one. That's right. Or blowing in the wrong hole. That's what yeah. always happens to me. Um, I guess Lou's still potting somewhere. He, he's not here at the Folk Center anymore. The last time I heard, believe this or not, he lives in Potter, Arkansas, which is a pretty good place for a potter to live. That's right. And I hope he's doing well down there. And, and he's just a, a memory of the past that I like to think about every once in a while. I hope he's listening to the radio right now. I hope so, too. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you, Dave. See you next week. All right.
This week's featured musician, Adam Fudge, has won numerous awards for his incredible banjo skills, both in Arkansas and at the traditional music proving grounds of Winfield, Kansas. As well as being a top-notch banjo player, his guitar skills and Jimmy Rogers-style vocals are finely tuned as well. Here are some more songs from Adam, starting with a song that may stretch the truth just a little. came about three years later or so. It, it's it's always been more of a secondary instrument instrument to me. Well, when I started singing some or trying to sing some, I, I picked a guitar up and, you know, it was just, well, a lot easier to accompany myself, accompany my own voice, you know, from playing rhythm and such. But I, I'd say banjo is my, 
mainly my forte. You know, that's what I've spent the most time on. And a lot of people, uh, you know, there's been a lot of banjo player jokes made and everything. And I think the movie Deliverance kind of started that stereotype. And that's a hard one to live down. But I think people are starting to realize it is a legitimate instrument. I will say this, you know, you hear a lot of banjo player jokes. Uh, but the biggest joke is a bluegrass band without a banjo. It's it and the fiddle to me are the, the main voices in bluegrass music as far as the instrumentation.
they were. They were very supportive. And when I was taking lessons from Jim, you know, of course, we lived in Newark, and he lived in Batesville. And back then, we didn't really, we didn't have the Internet, certainly. But I remember Mom, when I, before I was old enough to drive, she'd leave the dome light on in her old station wagon on the way home, and I would practice everything I'd learned from that particular lesson all the way home so I wouldn't forget it. But uh, they were very supportive. I mean, they, they carried they carried me many miles through the years and were always, well, very supportive and very encouraging. When I was learning to play and you're so obsessed with it, you know, you might play three, four hours a day, you know, when you're when you're learning. And, well, after everybody had gone to bed, I'd st still be sitting on the edge of my bed in my bedroom, you know, practicing scales and practicing tunes. And they had to just kind of bite their tongue, you know, and tell me, you know, hey, put it up. It's time to go to bed, you know. But uh, I'd say that was one of the sacrifices they made. They lost some sleep. No, I, I couldn't have done it without the support of my parents' encouragement. But uh, we all loved music and still do. love playing music with my brother he, he's a good solid bass player and it's kind of hard to put in words but with him you know it's all, almost like we know what each other's thinking you know we've got the, the same timing I guess of course he he's educated in, in music he knows how it's all he knows how it's all devised and you know he can he can sight read and stuff and, I, and, and that, that's something I I'm lacking in, 
I really miss playing musical with my brother. I wish we had more opportunities to play together, but everybody's doing their own thing, you know. It's hard to hold down a steady job and and play as much music as you need to to stay on top of it. But I, I look forward to every chance I get to play music with my brother. few more good songs from the talented Adam Fudge. Adam sang, I was born 4,000 years ago. A song by the late Bill Monroe, I haven't seen Mary in years. Dear Old Dixie, and the iconic There's No Place Like Home. After this break, historian Charlie Sandage will present a profile of a great lady who graced our stage many times, Patsy Montana. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Sinks in on the west. I wanna be a cowboy, sweetheart. The life I love. 
1935, Patsy Montana released her recording of I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart. It was her rewrite of a Stuart Hamblin song called Texas Plains, and it became the first million-selling country song by a female artist. From then, throughout the 30s and 40s and into the 50s, she was America's singing cowgirl. In fact, Patsy never did rope and ride, and her name, well, let's hear it from an interview with Jeff Llewellyn at the Arkansas State Archives in Little Rock. She was born Ruby Blevins, was her real name, in Jesseville, which is in Garland County, and she had like 10 brothers and, and, and then her. She was the only girl. In the, the only girl, but she started out playing the violin. Now, so at least a couple of her brothers were musicians. Quite a few of them. Constantly during the, the interview with Bill McNeil, she talks about, and then another brother brought in a guitar, and then another brother introduced her to Jimmy Davis, and then another brother you know, said, you need to go to New York, and then another brother. Just, so there's always Her brothers were always kind of on the periphery of... Uh, influencing her. So as far as her roots are concerned, uh, it was like many, 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 many other Arkansas families that happened to be musical. Right. And that's that's where the Patsy Montana legend sort of begins. Right. We'll pick up the story in one of those Bill McNeil interviews that Jeff mentioned. Dr. Bill McNeil was the Ozark Folk Center's staff folklorist for 30 years. And one of his favorite things was to invite to the center people like Patsy Montana, who had enjoyed some national celebrity during their careers, and to explore their regional roots. In this segment, focusing on how her career was cradled in a musical family. Were all, uh, was everybody in the family musical? Uh, no, not really, but I did have three brothers out of the group that formed themselves at one time called the Three Buddies. And they worked mostly out in Nebraska and Iowa and Shenandoah, out in that part of this. Live radio was real popular back in those days, live radio shows. Uh-huh. But they didn't stick with it. They got smart and got out of it. <laughs> uh, when were they active? Oh, I would say 19, around 1940, I think. I, I don't know dates. Uh, how did you uh, yourself get started playing music? I mean, how did you first? <laughs> it's so long ago. Well, I tell you, one night my brother brought in a violin. I don't know where he got it, and to this day I don't know where he got it, probably in a crab game or something. <laughs> but he brought home a fiddle, and uh, it's laid around there, and my mother started, suggested I should take lessons. And I know that a lot of you city people might not understand this, but I paid for my lessons with eggs and milk and butter, whatever. You know, at a certain time of year, you might not know this, but a certain time of year the cows don't give milk for butter, you know, and the hens don't lay. So I wouldn't take, didn't take lessons then, but I did take violin lessons. I never could fiddle. And I blame my mother because she used to say, you'll never learn to play unless you pat your foot. Well, the teacher wouldn't let me, so I was frustrated to start with. So that was my first introduction to actually a music instrument was a violin, personally. How would you like to learn how to yodel? I'm going to tell you how I learned to yodel. That'll help. Well, this kidgy. <laughs> well, I went out to old Montana, where all the cowboys be, to try to learn to yodel, yodel First you take a deep breath, exhale one, two, three, and then you'll hear the yodel if you listen close to me. This is how to yodel. One component of Patsy Montana's popularity was that she emerged at a time when the yodel was an important novelty in popular American music, and she was a major proponent of that phenomenon. 
Well, well, now I'm gonna teach you all to yodel just like me. It's easy while you're singing to go yodel Back to Patsy's interview with Bill McNeil. Uh, now, you were from Arkansas, and uh, but you really... I gather, did not get into entertainment kind of professional way until you moved west. Am That's I right, correct? You're right. You're right. My career, <laughs> my career hadn't really started. I just had been getting experience. I'd been working with two other girls in California, and the, back there is where the name Patsy Montana happened. Uh, I'm getting a little ahead of your story, but it'll tie in later. Uh, how many watched the Rose Parade on New Year's Day? The big parade. If you see a cowboy in there, this Larity swinging a Larity, that's Monty Montana, the world champion roper. Well, back when he first started, our agent or something got the idea to put those three girls, which is the trio, with Monty and sort of make a little show. We played schools and things like that. So he sort of became known as a family. So that's where the Montana came, the Patsy Montana business. And one of the girls in the trio was named Ruby. Well, my, I mean, Ruthie, and my real name was Ruby, and that sounded too much like on the air, so me being more Irish, I guess, than anything else, they called me Patsy. I don't know how that happened. It just happened. I don't remember suggesting. So it just became Patsy Montana. It just, just happened. Patsy Montana's career included 15 years at WLS in Chicago, doing her first recording in New York with Louisiana Governor Jimmy Davis of You Are My Sunshine fame, and earning a place in the hearts of radio listeners all across America as a singer and significantly for a woman, a writer. Archivist Jeff Llewellyn adds a final note. And she was constantly coming back to the Folk Center and, and singing and telling stories and, and being interviewed by Bill and being real excited. And uh, you'll still see her in the Country Music Hall of Fame. And the female singers look back on her with respect that she was one of the first women to stand on her own and to, to write her own songs and, and be her own personality and not to let, whether it was the record companies or the Nashville people or even the Grand Ole Opry, tell her what she's supposed to be. She was going to be herself no matter what. Patsy Montana. Jesseville, Arkansas's Ruby Blevins. One, two, three, four. Let's get back to some more music from this week's featured guest, Adam Fudge. On this show, Adam performs with a variety of musicians, including his brother, bassist Shane Fudge, Bluegrass legend Dave Branscombe, old-time fiddler Roger Fountain, guitar guru Brad Apple, educator and multi-instrumentalist Bill Nesbitt, and prolific bassist Gresham McMillan.
music that springs out of day-to-day -day experiences. With folk music, I mean, a, a lot of the a lot of the people that wrote songs. I mean, a lot of this music is traditional or public domain. Nobody knows who they wrote it. They they have lived through a lot of these experiences and you know put it to word and song. You know, the, a lot of the folk music was unfortunately that it's pretty dark you'll have a lot of murder ballads and such you know that that's not as in vogue now but i would say it was just people putting their own internal thoughts to word and song and it's a music that you have to love it because there's there's no real money in it but now i never set out to do this for the money you know it's nice to get paid you know a good gig without a doubt but you you have to love the music and and i think it's something you're born into. You can't go to any university that I know of and learn this. You have to live it.
I, th I think folk music will be around till the world stops turning because I mean people people need that that grassroots you know back to the fundamentals type of music a lot of people you know when I first started playing they, they made a prediction that bluegrass music would be dead within a decade it, it's still going strong I mean you know now there, there's a lot of a lot of young people coming up that are I guess trying to make it more commercially uh, feasible and such as that but um, I, I like the old traditional stuff still I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded toward music I mean I, lo I love listening to jazz uh, swing classical any of that but I, I've still stuck to what I've cut my teeth on but uh, long as people have the desire for something that's real I believe that these songs will still be played and sang
You've been listening to one of our regular performers here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, Adam Fudge. In that set, we faded in with some banjo blues, then played Wandering Boy, and finished up with a medley of two good old fiddle tunes, Bill Cheatham and Sally Gooden. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can find out more about us by visiting our website at ozarkhighlandsradio.com, and you can find us on Facebook, too. We hope to see you next week for more good old-time music. This is Dave Smith. So long for now. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. And by Stone Bank, with deep roots in Mountain View and a deep respect for those who preserve our heritage. More information about what it means to bank Boulder is at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.